All right, and welcome back to a new episode of the StatCast with your hosts, Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman. And since spring training has just begun, we decided that we're going to do an MLB preview with the illustrious Daniel Maltz. Daniel, how you doing? Good, fellas. Always good to be on the podcast with you. Yeah, we've got spring training is finally here again. It's been quite a while. It was in the middle of spring training last year when the pandemic, you know, shut everything down. And somehow, even though COVID has only begun to be solved, vaccines are just starting to come out. Baseball is like, you know what? Time for season two. And here we are. I don't know how I feel about it, but nevertheless, it does seem look like it's going to be an exciting, exciting season. Sam, you got any thoughts on that? I think it's going to be a less fluky season. I think fewer teams like the Marlins are going to get into the playoffs, uh, Brewers included in that boat. Uh, 162 games means law of averages will catch up to those teams that started out hot or finished hot. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, the Astros going 29-31 uh, would not get them into the playoffs uh, this year over a full season. Uh, also, we've got, um, you know, we cut down on how many teams are in the playoffs, which is unfortunate. But we're going to get into all of that. But first... Milo Hamilton. Swinging, lining it to left. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Chris Park. Howie Toledo. What a way to All right, and welcome back to the StatCast. So we are starting with our standings projections like we do every year, where we're going to start with the teams that we think are first going to make the playoffs. And then hopefully if your favorite team is a really, really bad team, like, I don't know, the Detroit Tigers or something like that, we will probably get there. But emphasis on the probably. So let's get into Daniel Moltz's uh, favorite team in baseball, the New York Yankees, who are most likely going to be the best team in the American League this year. What do you guys have for them? Well, first, I'm going to say what the over-under is. It's a it's using all of my sources, which I will put in the description. Over-under is 97 wins. Mm. I got the over, but just by a little bit. I had them right at 97. I have them significantly over. I'm, I'm baking Ooh. injury luck into this. The Yankees have a history of having injury luck, but also like injury luck not mattering that much, which... Wait, when you say having injury... When you... What do you mean when you say having injury luck? That sounds like an oxymoron. I mean, bad luck, bad injury luck. That's all, all The injuries keep happening. They don't stop happening. And the Yankees Tell are a little it. bit less deep this year, I would say. I don't think there's a Gio Urshela. Talking about Gio Urshela soon, who's going to pop up um, and surprise everybody this year. I mean, maybe there is. Maltz, is there somebody in the Yankees farm system like that? I mean, nobody that I, nobody that I can think of right off the top of the gate. I'd have to look at you know look at the Yankees prospect pool a little bit deeper, but I would say that that doesn't really matter right now because you know we don't need to worry about the next Gio Urshela because we have the Gio Urshela. Yes. So the fact that it happened once is all the amount of times that it needs to happen. But uh, I'm I'm really curious here because it kind of sounds like I, being the Yankees fan, actually have the lowest projected win total for this team. Harrison, did you say you're also you have the over of ninety seven? I have them at ninety eight, which technically is over ninety seven, but it's not over ninety seven by a lot. And Sam, how about you tell us why you have them so far over? What do you have them at? I have them at one hundred and one. Mm, so... I like the sound of that, but I'm not. I I mean, am, am I am I? Would I be shocked if that happened? No, but I just think, as you said, Harrison, 
there's just too much injury risk. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton get hurt every year. Corey Kluber has made so few starts in the last two years. You can count them on one hand. And Jamison Tyone, he says he's feeling great. Changed up his mechanics. Looks good, but, you know, he's got to stay healthy. It's it's. I have them at 97 because they're so dang talented, but I have to account for the fact that there's almost no one on this team who could stay healthy. Well, that's the thing. It's always been, I feel like it's always been the hitters that they've been able to, you know, kind of replace Urshela, Talkman, Ford, guys like that, Voight. Um, and, you know, the pitchers go down like Severino and, you know, for other reasons, Herman, and they fight replacements. But this time, the replacements are actually kind of very high reward eligible. Like Davey Garcia. And Davey yeah. Garcia, like a full they season also, him. Yeah, they added him. They do, so. have, they do have a couple of prospects in the minors that could make an impact next year. There's a, I mean, obviously Clark Schmidt, who was their first round draft pick, I want to say 2017 or 18. He's He could be in the major leagues next year. There's another uh, pitching prospect named Luis Medina, who was looking excellent in uh, winter ball. And yeah, those two guys for now, we still have to wait a few more years to see Jason Dominguez and a shortstop prospect named Oswald Peraza in the, I, I don't believe he ever made it to the majors, but few, few decent looking pieces there. The point is the Yankees look good. And if they, if they stay healthy, that one Oh one would not surprise me at all. Yeah. And Daniel, I don't know if you have been paying attention to the actions of Aaron judge and Jaron Carlos Stanton during the off season, but apparently they got super into yoga, which for guys who are that big, that muscular and that likely to uh, just get a litany of injuries. I feel like, you know, stretch them out, getting a little pliability help, uh, works for them. I mean, it worked for Tom Brady, so maybe it can work for Aaron Judge. But I mean, in theory, <laughs> yes, but these guys are built like linebackers and not like a quarterback. And, you know, with, you know, I, I'm glad they found yoga. I hope it works out for them. I hope it brings them what they want, but I, I'll believe it keeps them on the field when I see them both play 150 games. Until then, you know, I don't care what they're doing. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about um, Gio Urshela, whom I think is like maybe the the key player for the Yankees this year. Because so, like, if he if he does really well this season, then like the Yankees should be a very good team. But if not, then the Yankees suddenly have a pretty decent sized hole. And the reason I think he's going to do well is because if you take a look at uh, his underlying stats, so obviously he was pretty good last year. He had a two ninety eight. Batting average, 368 OBP, 490 slugging. Like, an 850 OPS is pretty good. But also, I think it should be, you should be, we should be paying attention to just how, like, uh, repeatable that batting average is for him. What he did last year is he just realized, you know what, I'm not going to chase balls anymore. And so, in 2019, it was a little bit, I don't know, like, it was a little bit smoke and mirrors. He chased 40% of pitches that were out of the zone which is 12 percentage points ahead of the major league average. But last year, he went all the way down to 27.6% below the MLB average. And he's also hitting the ball hard. His exit velocity uh, is in like the 86th percentile in baseball. He does need to barrel up the ball a little more, but he also avoids strikeouts really, really well, like we were saying, and he walks a decent amount. Urshela is becoming one of the better players in the game. I know like he's 29 years old, so it's taken him a while, like basically career minor leaguer for a while. But I think he's posed for a really good season. He does spray the ball to all fields really well, so it's very tough to shift against him. And I think he's going to be really good this year. I think you picked the wrong left-side infielder for the Yankees as their most important player. Oh, really? Are you going to talk about Andujar? Wait, oh, Gleyber Torres. Gleyber Torres. 
Here he should, he's not, he's not a left side infielder. He's yeah. a right side infielder playing in the left side. I, I should mention. I agree, but you know he's not. I, I'd rather DJ LeMahieu plays a Gold Glove caliber second base. So let Glaber screw up at short instead of taking fielding opportunities away from LeMahieu. But I think Glaber Torres is the most important. He's younger. He had a great postseason coming off a terrible regular season, and I think yeah, I think if he, too scary way again. He, way he, the way he needs to return to form as a hitter and the way he needs to improve as a fielder. If Glaber Torres plays like we're all ex- like the Yankees organization was expecting him to when they traded for him and kind of how he looked in 2018 and 19, then that's great. I don't think the Yankees should have any expectations for Gio Urshela. This is kind of one of those things where you're going to ride the wave as long as it's standing. And if Urshela keeps playing as well as he has since becoming a Yankee, great. I don't think you should expect him to just because We've seen what he did as a Cleveland Indian where he hit half his weight. And I'm, I, I realize, you know, two years now he's played well. The Yankees may have corrected his, his, off, his hitting and made him a much better hitter. But he, he would not surprise me if he, if he fell off the face of the earth. And I just don't think Labor Torres is going to do that. I understand. I, I might want to correct myself a little bit. I don't mean necessarily most important player. What I did is I made a list of for, every, for each team in baseball. I want to see which guy was just basically underrated. And I think Urshela is underrated or taken for granted in some sense. Because like you were saying, he, uh, like it's great if he does well, but you're not really expecting that much. I actually think you should expect a lot from him because I think he's going to be very good this year. And all the underlying stats point to him repeating a uh, very good 2020. I hope you're right. Who's the second best team in the AL? There's about four different answers you could give for this. Well, the answer that I gave is absolutely not the one that you're going to give, Sam. So... Let's hear what you have to say about that, because I think you and Daniel are probably going to be closer on this. I have the Houston Astros as the second best team in the AL. Okay, <laughs> I do not. Me neither. I have, I have them as the third best team in the AL, though. But I don't know if I would say best team. I would just say third best record. But tell so, me about the Astros. Why are you guys so high in the Astros? Because everyone well, else in the AL I, sucks. Well, here's the thing. I was so low on them, and then they won four straight games in the playoffs, or they won three straight games in the playoffs against the World Series team. Like I, 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 yeah, I mean, Harrison kind of just hinted at it there for a quick sec that the rest of the AL and especially the AL West is got, they all have really low ceilings for 2021. So you have to pick the Astros, but I don't think the Astros are going to be a good team next year. They're going to, I think they're, they're going to win the AL West because someone has to, but. Well, yeah, 91 wins is not like a lot of wins, which is what I have them at. I oh, mean, I have, yeah. I had them lower. No, I yeah, al- no. You know, Sam, you're I also have them as 91 wins. I thought it was lower than that. I've also got them at 91 wins. I just have another team with more wins than them. I have. I also have another team with more wins than them. But you don't I, have the Astros. They're probably 91. in the AL Central. That's what I'm going to guess. They are in the AL West. But yeah, Astros, they really didn't do much this offseason that benefited them. Because, you know, they lost George Springer. Yes. And they picked up a bunch of weak bullpen arms. Yeah, exactly. They didn't fix a starting rotation that may not have Verlander back for a while because he's still recovering from Tommy John. Mm, I think Framber is uh, is a name that people should not forget. Yeah, yes, I think what he did in the playoffs. Was... I think the Astros' rotation and bullpen is going to be one of the most interesting things to watch in baseball this year because we know they got Granky at the top, which we're hoping that he's still, like, you know, is a good player because he's the kind of guy who, like, if he falls off, then he's going to fall off in a bad way and start being super hittable. I just don't think it's this year. You've got McCullers, which as long as he's healthy, is a good pitcher. You've got Framber, who could be one of the best pitchers in the AL. He was one of the best pitchers in the AL last year. Then you've got Urquidy. You have only Paredes if he's in there. You have Christian Javier, who's actually like very good and pitched pretty well in the rotation. You've got a bunch of 
that you just got all these guys who pitch a lot last year when they shouldn't necessarily have been pitching and also got a good amount of legitimate playoff innings, which I think is very impressive. And so I like their bullpen. I like what we're going to see. But there's one guy I want to shout out in that bullpen. And so you know how for the last couple of years until this past year, we were always saying that, you know, Roberto Osuna is the closer, but Ryan Presley is the best reliever in the pen. Yes. I think we're in for a new era now where Ryan Presley is the closer, but Brooks Rayleigh is the best pitcher in the pen. Brooks Rayleigh, who you definitely do not, I don't know if you know him or like know a little bit about him. His name, his name sounds like a lefty name. He was on the Reds. I, yeah, I think he's a lefty. I only know him because I use him in Battle Royale and MLB The Show. Anyway, Brooks... oh, I should show you my I should show you my uniforms right now. I'm a dynasty team. Do you know that Brooks Rayleigh was the best in baseball uh, at limiting uh, hard hit uh, contact and exit velocity? He had the lowest. How many innings did he have? He had the lowest average exit velocity of anyone in baseball. I don't know how many innings he had. He, he was did a relieved... sixteen innings, three point nine four FIP as an Astro, four point nine five on the on the season total. The, the crazy thing is, though, that he's like fifth percentile in fastball velocity. Like he does not throw hard. But what he makes up for it is, and I hope we start talking more about this, although I know Sam isn't quite as much a fan of it, but his active spin percentage is... Well, nine... Since when am I not a fan of that? We t- we talked about it. Like sh- seam shifted wake, same thing. That's very different thing. No, active spin and seam shifted wake are the same thing. Mm, I, no, they're literally the same thing. Efficiency. Spin efficiency. Yeah. Is it not? Yes. And, so okay, they're basically the same. Thing. Whatever they measure the same thing. But we'll get into that. Uh, I'm. We might have someone on the podcast to talk about it. I don't know if we will or not. But Sam might be unhappy. But anyway, so he's his fastball and his curveball both have ninety four percent active spin. He is a terrific tunneler. You do not know what you're getting. It's and he throws those pitches basically the same percentage of time. And so if you don't know what you're getting from Rayleigh, he could throw one pitch. He could throw another pitch. And it's sort of what Ryan Presley. That's how it works with pitchers. Yeah, they typically, yeah, bullpen. No, uh, yeah, I know it's count stuff too. It's count stuff too. But also, it's sort of like what Ryan Presley did. Basically, it's that he had just a wipeout uh, a breaking ball, and nobody really could really hit it. And so, if since it paired well with his uh, fastball, that I mean, he was just terrific, like in that eighth inning role, or maybe he pitched in the seventh, or maybe not. But Rayleigh was also very good in the postseason, too. He ramped up basically towards the end of the year. The Astros with Brent Strom and everybody got to him. And he was basically their go-to guy during the postseason. He was their most trusted guy during that time. And so I think this he could be really phenomenal for the Astros this year. And people will be talking about him the same way they were talking about Ryan Presley. But I have them second in the division in the first wildcard spot. Who's, so who do you have winning the AL West? The Oakland, underrated, no as always, Oakland A's. No one talks about this no. team. They lost Marcus Semien, who wasn't even all that relevant for them. They're getting back. What? He wasn't last 19. year. In 2019, he had the tw- third yeah. highest war in the American League. Oh, of course. But in 2020, he wasn't that relevant for them, and they were still very good. Okay, they- here's the play. Hold on. Here is the list Whoa. of players that they lost. Liam Hendricks, Robbie Grossman, Mike Miner, Marcus Semien, Tommy Lastella, Joaquin Soria, Chris Davis. And the only and two. And pick up Elvis Andrus. And, and Trevor Mitch Rosenthal Moreland. today. Yeah, okay, but great. But those are guys that are not going to make that much of an impact. Yeah, you picked up a closer. Hooray. Which you, is you, what you need to replace Liam Hendricks, who got four years, $54 million. Okay, except the closer Trevor wasn't Rosen- the problem. Trevor Rosenthal is not as good of a closer as Liam Hendricks, and you still haven't replaced all the hitters that Sam just outlined that they lost. 
I think the hitting that they have is more than going to make up for it. When you've got guys like Mark Canna, Matt Chapman, um, who's that other guy they have? Matt Olson. Matt Olson, yeah. And Sean Murphy. That's a All really... are pretty swing-happy, reliant on homer hitters. All of whom are very good hitters, also. They're guys who are like, they're going to get hits in bunches. They're going to get a lot of big hits. And... We know that the A's are always able to replace guys and bring guys. Just looking through their lineup, I realized that they had more depth than most teams in the American League. And the only team that I would say that had more depth than them that I put behind them, I guess a couple teams, or those are the Twins and the Blue Jays. The Twins, not sure if they're going to get back to where they were at because injuries are always an issue for them. And the Blue Jays, they have a bunch of young guys who you're not sure if they're going to repeat. I tend to, I happen to think that a lot of those guys will repeat, but the A's are just deeper than a lot of teams. And I really like their starting pitching. They have better oh, start. Oh, dude, yeah. you do. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I like Manea. I okay. like Lizardo. I like the guys that they have. Uh, You've named two pitchers. At least three more. Let me pull their roster up. I mean, AJ Puck is still a highly touted prospect, but he can't stay healthy. I really like Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett was phenomenal for them. Chris last Bassett year. throws about—I think he throws ninety-one and strikes out about five. No, per he nine throws hard, He throws harder than that. Regardless, okay, he I was, think he strikes out five for nine. Didn't he have an no, ERA around like two something last year? Bassett Bassett is one of those guys who throws hard and a lot of different pitches. But you're right, Sam. He doesn't. Bassett strike had a two twenty-nine. Yeah, so he's ERA Marcus last Stroman. Year. He's Marcus Stroman, which means I don't like him. He's Marcus he, Stroman, but he's, I think, 32 or 33 years old. Yeah, no, disgusting. Yeah, and Frankie Montas, that's the guy who I'm... Oh, the cheater. I don't trust as much. Cheater? All right, Yankees fan, calm down. Oh, uh, yeah, Yankees fan, uh, mad about PEDs. What are you talking I, about? Why, was that, why is that a problem? Yeah, it wasn't the PEDs. <laughs> I was just, yeah. But yeah, I, I really like Jake Diekman, obviously. Jake Diekman, I mean, sure, he's not going to repeat in, in ERA under one. But nevertheless, that's a guy you like having in your bullpen. I don't know. I think this team is yeah, like deep enough. He'll, con- he'll, he'll, he'll give you about one win. And they also have Adam Kolarex. You know, if they ever face uh, the Nationals, <laughs> they're going to get Juan Soto out, which is everyone is learning the hardest thing to do in baseball. So, I don't know. I really like this A's team. I think Harrison, that... do you hear how nitpicky you're getting right now? Where yeah. You're talking about how good this team is, and you're just naming bullpen arms. The bullpen doesn't do that much for you in any you way. You even named a loogie. Like, literally. Kolarek? Yeah. Also, Loriano. I don't know. It, it's not like... You're trying so hard to advocate for this team. <laughs> I looked at this team, and I don't know if I saw 94 wins originally, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I just pe- feel like people are sleeping on the A's a little bit too much. And while 94 might be a little bit of a shock number, I assume you guys probably have them in like the mid-80s, probably like 84, 85, 86 I wins. I 85. I had them in yeah. 87. And that was just because I had to get to the right number of total wins for the league. What I did is then I, because, you know, first I was like, oh, the Angels are probably going to be better than the A's this year, right? Then I went and I checked no, out no, the Angels' no, roster. No. Yeah, I went and the I Angels checked out their roster. You had to check out the Angels' roster to know that they were worse than the A's? The, their pitching is god-awful. I got to say. Are, the Angels are relying on a Dylan Bundy who played decent for them last year, but previously... Uh, was a batting practice pitcher for the Orioles, and a Julio Tehran who seems to throw slower and slower with every single passing year. He's also still a free agent. This was the yeah. year that the oh, Angels okay, should well, have, like... I don't know who else they have. If the Angels they got had, Quintana. If they had gone no. in on well, Bauer, if they had gone in on Real Muto and Bauer or something like that, or even Springer, I mean, yeah, whatever. You no, can't Springer keep, still wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, you can't, Fine, but Bauer would have yeah, legitimately what, what done something. What? 
Where would George Springer play? You have a Dell and Trout. Who's the who's the other who's the third outfielder? Yeah. Who's the outfielder? Who's it? What's it? Like the guy who like I guess gets like a bunch of hits. David Fletcher? You, you David Fletcher's the last guy? They're Maybe. playing oh. Fletcher at Oh, they're not playing Fletcher at third. Fletcher plays known. everywhere, so yeah, Fletcher can play second base. Fletcher can do whatever he, he wants to. But yeah, the Angels I decided suck. The Mariners suck. Uh, a lot of teams suck. The Mariners and are my team to sleep on this year. The Mariners are a team you should stay slept on until uh, all three of Kellenic, Julio Rodriguez, and Kyle Lewis are in the outfield. That's Once that what, happens, that go could, crazy. That, that could happen next year. Kellenic's going to be up next year, and Rodriguez might not be too far behind. Talk to me in 2022. Mm. 2022, that's when my Mariners' enthusiasm gets a little bit higher. Right now, I've got them uh, at 75 wins. What? That's six higher than I have them at. I'm 79. So, okay, yeah. I did about in the middle. Are you guys really, like... I like... We'll we'll talk about it later, but, like, really? It's a combination of liking the Mariners and hating every other team in that division. In terms of trash. In terms of of outlook. Okay, so who's the third best team in the AL? Well, I didn't, say who my, I didn't say who my second best team was. Oh, I guess yeah. that's true. It's I my my pick is the White Sox. Okay, I have them at ninety wins. I had them. I have really. I have ninety nine. You have a ninety six. I, I have just, the second best record in the league. There's not actually a lot of teams in the AL that are going to lose less than seventy games. I'm a little worried about uh, Tony Larusa. I know people are talking about, uh, like a lot about oh Tony Larusa is actually going to be good for this team. He's a good manager, or at least like some. Like people who've been interviewed, I read an article in the Athletic where people was like, "Yeah, Tony Larusa can do it." I think that this is the kind of thing that's going to be very combustible, and I don't think Larusa lasts a year. With that going on, as talented as this team might be, I am relatively sure that they're not going to win like ninety-five plus games. I love the talent. I like totally. that they got Liam Hendricks. They actually were one of the only teams in the AL, along with the Blue Jays, to legitimately do something this offseason. But at the same time, I don't know. I it, that team has very different vibes than Tony Larusa gives off, and so I don't know about all this. Because it's not See, a Dusty Baker I, situation. I I just I mean, there's certainly a boomer bust risk with Tony Larusa, but the fact of the matter is that either way, I think he is a step up from Rick Renteria. And when you consider all the young talent that team has, plus Michael Kopech coming back. Plus, they added Lance Lynn to their rotation to join up with Love Lance Keuchel, Lynn. to add up to join up with Dallas Keuchel, who was ridiculously good last year, and Giolito and the rest of them. I, I I just think there's so much to like with that White Sox team, and I guess the 96 wins is kind of relying on them booming with Tony Larusa rather than busting. But it's a, for me, it's a combination of the facts that they played really well last year at 35 and 25 under Rick Renteria, and now it's a full season with a better, more experienced team and a better manager. So I have so here's, six. Here's what I say. I'd say 96 wins wouldn't surprise me at all. I just think that 90 wins is a very conservative play. They did lose, you know, their big catcher, James McCann. I don't know if Yasmani Grandal's defense. Yeah, I know, but I don't know how his defense is going to compare to McCann's, you know. And he's like he actually kind of took a step. Yeah, his Grandal's framing? No, yeah. it, it wasn't as uh, McCann made up for it with his other um features yes but the white Sox really got rid of basically everybody who wasn't doing anything and got you know in return three solid guys they brought back adam eaton which i always picture eaton in a white Sox uniform and, and, and i picture also him in the, the nats you know, uniform you know but... just 
Sam, just as you kind of bet a little high on the Yankees at 101 and I went conservative, I guess this is kind of the same deal with you you having the White Sox at 90 and me at 96. Like, I'm telling you that we're going to be within two wins of each other everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, may, I probably went too high on the A's just like looking at the roster. I'm like, I like these guys no, considering the downsides. And the White Sox, I probably, probably went a little too low. Where'd you go central them? teams? What? I said 89. I said 89. But yeah, totally understand. That's but yeah, feasible. Okay, but I maybe switch or maybe they win ninety four. But I don't know. I just still don't see Larusa. But you know who I like? I really like that they have Aaron Bummer healthy because it was frankly a bummer that he wasn't healthy last year, and he's got some of the most incredible like expected stuff in baseball and barrel percentage because his sinker, uh, you know, it averages so much vertical. Like you know, sinkers are supposed to sink, right? You know, it's it's an understandable thing, but his sinker drops eight point four inches more than the average sinker does. His sinker does stuff that no sinker in the game basically does at all. And like guys can't get a good run at all. You have so many balls, like bats that get broken. You have so many balls just ground into the dirt. Aaron, he's like an amazing guy to have in your pen. His his uh, arm move, like what you call it. His uh, pitching uh, motion is pretty funky, but I love it. And I know that they got Liam Hendricks to uh, be their closer, but Bummer, like, getting back in that bullpen is going to be really phenomenal for them. Who's the third best team in the AL? Because I think we all, we're all we all pretty agree that the White Sox are um, very comfortably in the top three. These teams are all the third best team in the AL. The issue is that there's no second best team in the AL. Yeah. My, my third best was Houston. My okay, third best was already... also Houston. Okay, so we already talked about this. Who's the fourth best team? Um, do you want to talk about the twins or the blue? Yeah, guys? that's, I, I have the twin actually. Yeah. I have both at 89. I have both I have, at 88. I have, I have the, my fourth best team was Toronto. I have them at 88. Okay. So we all have them in the same range, which I'm cool. Well, with. We haven't heard where Moltz has the twins. I have yeah, the Maltz. twins at 86. Hmm. I think they're better than that. Honestly, there's a gap between, um, 89 wins and the next team on my list. I, w- I will say for me, putting Toronto at 88, I'm, Forget the fact that I'm a Yankee fan. I'm not a huge fan of the 88 because I think the Toronto Blue Jays have the potential to have the biggest Achilles heel in the American League. Which is? They have absolutely no pitching. Don't get me wrong. Just don't get me wrong. Their lineup could easily be, be, by the end of 2021, the best in baseball. 2015 Blue Jays level. Between, I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, Gritchick. Now they Three add L. George Springer to Vladdy Jr. They add Marcus Simeon, Boba Kevin Lourdes Jr. And, L- and Lourdes Gurriel. I mean, those Danny, eight- Danny Jansen, if, if he can okay, make the noise he's he's in the playoffs. The, he's the ninth best. But if you take those fir- those first eight guys, I mean, that is, a, that is a really there's – some, there's some lefties, some righties. That is an insane first eight for your lineup. And if they're all healthy and all playing well, I mean, that's scary. But the problem is for Toronto, I don't like the thought that they're going to have to slug their way through a lot of games because they're pitching after Hyunjin Ryu is absolutely Ryu is great. And they have no bullpen and no starting pitching. Here's my hope for them. Do you think they can get both Odorizzi and Walker? Who do you I mean? don't think so. I think they dropped all their money on George Springer, which I think was a, a great move. All the rest of their money on Springer and Semyon. Yeah. You know, I agree with you on the pitching because Robbie Ray, who we have... Um, I don't know. Denigrated, I guess, is the right word on this. We have denigrated I mean, him a lot sure on this podcast. I'm pretty sure his whip was very close to two last year. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. Robbie Gray just has no idea where the ball is going, and I think he's okay with it because he is somehow the 
on Fangraphs, he is expected to get the second most innings of anybody in this rotation. Blows okay, my mind. Number. What? What's the is number? Gonna, 166. Okay, that's a decent amount of innings. 166 innings of Robbie Ray, which... That's I'm not, 100, I'm not that's 100 he, walks. It's 100 walks. Yeah, I'm not saying he can't reach it. I'm just saying that's 100 innings of Robbie Ray. Number four is Steven Matz. Who is Steven Matz, his stuff sucks. I'm sorry. Steven <laughs> Matz. I, 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 th- I, th- I absolutely loved that trade for the Mets because not only did they get rid of Steven Matz, but they sent him to the Yank to the to the Blue Jays, who now have to face Matz. If he, especially if he's a reliever, if he starts, then this is maybe four or five times. But if he is a reliever and maybe has to pitch ten plus times against the best right-handed power hitting lineup in Major League Baseball, <laughs> I feel I feel bad for him. He's going to get mauled when he plays the Yankees. Well, I mean, a lot of pitchers get mauled when they play the Yankees. But especially Matt's a sinker baller whose sinker doesn't sink and is more home run prone than almost anybody in the league. Yeah, he it's was funny. the he was the odd one out in My that thing is uh, Mets rotation. Well, I mean, the only one of that pitching core from that 2015 World Series who's still around and playing like they did then is Degrom. Cindergard is hurt. Matt Harvey's a meme, and Stephen Matz is giving up twenty thousand homers. Oh come on, Matt Harvey's on the Orioles. Yeah, he's Orioles a minor league contract. Yeah, and of course he's on the Orioles, where pitching careers go to die. I don't know. That's more like a pitching career goes to like get set on fire and push. No, that's off where you go the... when your pitching career dies. Yeah, push off into the Atlantic or the Chesapeake Bay. Um, yeah, Matt's Matt's like I said is terrible. Um, they're, what they're also expecting is Nate Pearson to give him 129 innings, which I must say, that's you know not what? that much. I, I honestly no, no. forgot that, that that he was even a even a player. Nate Pearson is not going to pitch 129 innings. I'm sorry, like no, his arm is not going to let him. Yeah, it's like McCullers. The stuff is too good. We can't have enough of him for too him for too long, and so like he's not going to go 129. Innings. I feel like he should start eight games and be in the bullpen for 25. Yes, maybe. I, it's quite possible. Maybe he should if you get five innings per start, yeah, I, th- I think if you get like 80, 80 or 90 innings out of Pearson, you're happy. Yeah. I do love Kirby Yates, though. At least they have a good closer. If you don't have a good closer, then your, li- yeah, then your it, lineup is just going to an outlier you. year. Yeah. Well, I think he still could Yates be pretty good. Never, didn't repli- he had an unbelievable 2019, but he was not that good in 2020, and he was never that good beforehand. And I think he's that. I think he's nearly like. I don't know if he's that good, but I think he's still pretty. He's no good. spring chicken. He's like thirty-five. I don't know. Sometimes this happens to guys like that. They finally like figure out what kind the way they should be doing their like throwing their pitches and everything like that. I know, I like know. Brooks Raley at thirty-two. Yeah, Brooks Raley. Like he went to the KBO of all places, came back, and now he's actually like uh, who's starting important innings in the playoffs for the Astros. But yeah, him and then Ross Stripling, who I still think this is nuts. He's but, not, wait, who's Ross Stripling's on the Blue Jays. Do you remember yeah. when Dave Roberts got up like after the World Series? Uh, he shouted out Clayton Kershaw. He shouted out, I think, Justin Turner, and then he shouted out Ross Stripling, and then he got off the stage. Ross Stripling was like one of the three. Ross Stripling wasn't even on the team at that time, but he was nevertheless like the third person on Dave Roberts's mind immediately after winning the World Series. Wasn't he the guy that had a no hitter going through into the eighth, and he walked somebody and got taken out? Yeah. Against the Giants in his debut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ross Tripling is at least a good reliever these days, even though he's 31 years old. Tyler Chatwood's in that pen. David Phelps is in that pen, even though like it feels like David Phelps has been That's retired. Even, Tyler, Chatwood, that, Tyler Chatwood probably walks as many batters as Robbie Ray. He's a right-handed Ray. Robbie Ray. Great stuff. <laughs> about as much command as, oh, wait, he has none. Yeah. So we, sh- we shall see what happens with that Blue Jays team. The lineup is going to carry them to enough wins. 
that and like just having a couple decent guys in the pen will make will like give them those wins because the problem it, it, is yeah the problem is we we've at this point we haven't named a single reliable starter that they have besides Ryu and because they don't have one exactly unless you're Tanner Rourke fan think, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays I think we could all agree as well. They will slug their way to a winning record, but how much of a winning record they have will be dependent on whatever they get from their pitching. But I don't think... I think them and the Twins are very much the same team. I don't think their pitching is going to suck every game, though. I think, like, pitching... Four out of the five. And, yeah. In games that Ryu doesn't start, who do you have to... Who starts or who comes out of the pen that you trust every time? I think you can win enough slugfest. You can pitch every inning out of the bullpen if you trust yeah, that is a team that might, you know, have to make a trade at some point, like at the trade deadline. Uh, or maybe, you know, Tyler White is on that team. So if you need some innings out of anybody, Tyler White is oh, always White available. Shark. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler White and J.D. Davis, like, for a while, only being good as, like, you know, the guys who come in and pitch a little bit, even when A.J. Reed was right there the whole time. Always struck me. A.J. Reed funny. is a massive human being. Yes. Tyler I've White stood next to him, and he is just cool. huge. No, but A.J. Reed's just, like... I feel like AJ Reed is not as much muscle as Tyler White. No, I, I agree. I, I don't know if I would say there's that much muscle on Tyler White, but maybe he's uh I don't know. Compared Tyler to AJ Reed, yeah. yes. Okay. How about we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays 2.0, the Minnesota Twins, who will who will also win 89 games, be second in their division, and be knocked out in the first round. Well, the Poor Twins did the honor of proving that they can lose handily in a playoff series, even if it's not against the Yankees. So. I was happy to see that by the hands of the Astros. Yeah, that was a great series, honestly. The Twins won a playoff game, like which um, you know, no, they not didn't. The... Oh, oh, they, they didn't? didn't. Oh, no, right. they, they didn't. didn't. No, it was the A's they who won a playoff game. Almost against twenty us. years. The yeah. A's won three playoff games. No, 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 but like the A's won a round is what happened, which you know is not something that usually happens. But yeah, it was the, the Twins and the A's both cursed, but maybe the A's are a little less cursed. Uh, yeah, poor Twins, but I love their lineup. Nelson Cruz, you hope is still this good. Probably will be because I mean, why not? Forty Max, years old. Max Kepler is really, really outstanding. He's probably going to be an All Star, and I don't know. Outside of that, I think their pen is decent. I think their pitching is definitely better than Toronto's. It's not like as much of a black hole. I mean, I want to see what Jose Barrios can do, and the fact that they have Barrios and Maeda already, like you're in better shape than uh, the Blue Jays are. A hundred percent, you're yeah. in better shape. Plus, they have. Alex Colomain, Taylor Rogers. So they have a couple of trustworthy bullpen guys, a couple of trustworthy starters. But Mitch Garver's on that team, so we know Sam's a fan. But he didn't have a great 2020. Yeah, he's poised for a breakout. Yeah, a, a re-breakout. Yeah, the issue is, of course, that Michael Pineda and Jay Happ are also in that rotation. Expected to uh, throw a combined... legend, Jay Happ. Expected to throw a combined 290. <laughs> expected to throw a combined 298 innings for so for a failed Yankees starters out there. Honestly, if they combine for a four ERA and they throw 290 innings, I feel like you're happy. Oh, they okay, better take that because they're yeah. not going to get much better. Jay Happ is 38 years old, and I'm I I can't believe Michael Pineda is still pitching. Randy Dobnak remains their stretch guy, though. So didn't, you never know. It, didn't Dobnak start out like five and zero with like a one five ERA? The Uber guy, yeah, then the Yankees, but yeah, I don't know if, if like they've got Byron Bucks and Andleton Simmons there, so like their defense will be really bad at some uh, which at some positions, but really incredible at other positions. So that's an interesting stars and scrubs approach. Like you know, hope that they cover the rest of the ground that no, like you know, Miguel Sano and Max Kepler and Josh Johnson are not quite able to. But 
I think it should be a good Minnesota Twins team. I just don't think it's going to be outstanding. I have them at 88 wins. All right. 89 is where I have them at. Do you okay, know now we get into non-playoff teams. Well, Sam, I think you're going to be excited to hear the first non-playoff team that I've got for you. No, the Red Sox are not the first best. They're not the best <laughs> non-playoff team. Not well, even close. They're the second best non-playoff team for me because those are six teams and we only have five teams that make the playoffs. So they're the second best non-playoff team, technically. But yeah, I have the Red Sox at 84 wins. That's four more wins than they'll get. What do you think, Daniel? So, I mean, I, I got to clarify something, I guess. So my mistake. So, I mean, my fourth best team was the Blue Jays, but my fifth best team was actually the A's. I had them at 87. And mm. then the Twins were the first non-playoff team for me. I had two teams at 86. I had the Twins and I had the Rays. Okay. But and, Rays you know, are my we, next team. We talked about the Twins and I think the Rays... The Rays are another team that's going to be very boom or bust, but for ver- for a different reason than Toronto. Toronto's reason is clear. They have very, very suspect pitching. For Tampa Bay, it's just they've made they've had so much roster they also have turnover. Very suspect pitching. And and it, I know all of a sudden roster the, turnover. They, they sold them, off their players. Their pitching carried them to the World Series last year, and all of a sudden now it might be their weakest link. I mean, there's so much so much uncertainty with all the prospects they've acquired and the. The moves they made. I don't get why they DFA'd Hunter Renfro. I can't understand why they traded Blake Snell. I thought Daniel, they never should let go of Tommy Pham. It's uh, all money. The Padres. Daniel, it's all money. Yeah, we know it's all money, but look where it got him. Chris Archer is number two, and Michael Walker is number three starter. Okay, how about we... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, they just let's... fully, fully fleece the Pirates, even let's... if Chris Archer has nothing left. I think I love it. Michael Walker... We should mention had one of the cra- like largest uh, WOBA and ex-WOBA differences last year. What a large part of it was made up for the fact that he's a fly ball pitcher, and and he throws ninety two. Have you seen the Mets outfield? So uh, let's see. Let's think about this. Nimmo and nobody else. Nimmo, Conforto, yeah, and then McNeil or JD Davis. And now he's going okay, so to an outfield anchored by speed. Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah, he's going to an outfield anchored by Kevin Kiermeyer now. And yeah, they lost Hunter Renfro, which, you know, is not great. But it's a really good outfield. I can't he, tell if Renfro is a positive defender or not. His arm might make him, like, a net even defender. I think Waka—so Waka is one of those guys where either he's totally cooked or he's actually better than he's getting credit for. His Michael the, Waka has been getting overcooked since 2015. It's he's, still he's, he's at the hockey puck stage. The, the issue was his, like the injury that he had, so he had to redefine himself as a pitcher. But he actually did a decent job of limiting hard contact last year, and the results were not great, obviously. But they should have been a lot better. And so I get, I think the, the Rays sure. are betting on that too. They they realize that like you know the contact that he pitches to is kind of the contact that they're okay with in the trap. That they're especially okay with if they've got Kevin Kiermaier there. The issue I've got with it's the Rays, it's got to be a huge problem for them that you know, obviously with how well they they work with pitching, they could fix him, but it's yeah. a problem when he is your third most relied upon pitcher. Also, yes, hold on, that's a the issue. Remember how much last postseason and even the last whole season we were begging, please, like score some runs. This yes. offense is terrible. They've done. They did nothing. They didn't add a single offensive piece. The reason I have them at eighty-one and eighty-one is because um, this team reminds me a lot of last year's Nationals team, which outside of Juan Soto couldn't do a single thing. I think this Rays team, outside of Randy Rosarena, is not going to be able to do a single thing on offense. Uh, let's, let's, hold, let's hold off. Let's hold off on a Rosarena. I, okay. I would agree with. I would. I would agree with that. And why are you giving no love to Austin Meadows? Uh, I'm going to give love or to Randy Rosarena. 
But or G Man. Okay, how much did we G-Man. see from those again? How much did we see from those guys in the playoffs? Like you were just saying, it was a Rosarena hitting solo shots. No, but I mean, like you're. That's what we saw from the offense. The offense could not score, like Sam was saying. It was a World Series offense. <laughs> the World Series offense, meaning uh, if you have a Randy, maybe if you have Randy Rosarena nine spots, but. I don't know. I think this race team is going to be 81 and 81. I think they are frankly average at this point because the only thing they have is the smoke and mirrors that race teams always have. And I got I think it gets them like I think it gets them about two wins over like a projection every year. I think the, exactly. the, their you know, projection the should be 79 wins in that case then. <laughs> I mean, in 20, you know, I think back to the 20, I think it was 2018, especially where, you know, the Rays. Nobody ever puts the, the Rays because they're such a, a budget baller team and there's always going to be a ton of question marks around them. And yet they always seem to overperform expectations. I mean, that's why I have them at 86. It's just a realistic for me. I think it's just realistic with, you know, how well they tend to play sometimes against the Yankees. And there there is still enough there from that AL East winning and AL pennant winning team last year. I agree with what Sam said that the fact that they did literally nothing to improve that offense is awful and they really needed to. And I mean, the Rays and the Blue Jays are the two biggest boomer bust teams for me, if I haven't made that clear. Yeah. I don't know. I think the Reds are going to be better than them. And I am assuming that Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be. Is Eduardo Rodriguez going to pitch this year? If he's pitching this year, then I'm totally comfortable penciling we them think, in at 84 we wins. I think so. Okay. Chris probably not. If but... Eduardo Rodriguez can really? pitch. He said he's going to take it slow and that there's no rush to come back. Okay. If he can't pitch, then well, that well, changes things. Right. While, he, while he's rolling in the dough, yeah, there's definitely no reason to come, no reason to rush. I mean, the, the Red Sox kind of just screwed him up anyway. Listen, I I think that their bullpen is a little bit better this year. I like Adam Ottavino. Um, I don't love the rest of it because, you know, it's not a great bullpen. I don't know. Sam, are you a Darwin's and Hernandez fan? Yes. Okay. Very, very high K for nine guy. All right. I mean, I think Devers is going to be good this year. I think Bogart's going to be good this year. I think Martinez should be good this year. Dahlbeck's going to hit 30 home runs. Dahlbeck needs to make a little bit more contact or maybe a lot more contact because he's uh, quite the whiffer, as we've seen. Listen, Dahlbeck, when he makes contact, the ball goes like super far. It's like it's Miguel Sano-like, except he can't get his, he can't hit as much as Miguel Sano. Yes, he can. He's also, yeah. he's also just not the big hulking figure that Miguel Sano is. Miguel yeah, Sano but- is an enormous human being. That's true. He's shaped like a turtle. He's shaped like, like one a of the lineman. ninja turtles, maybe. Um, I think. Hello. Yes, yeah. we heard you. Yeah. Hello. Yes. We can hear you. Can you hear us? I can't hear you guys that well because once again, my computer is not super happy with Zancaster. All right. What did you say after I compared Miguel Sano to a ninja turtle? I said he's built like a lineman. That's all. Okay. So yeah. Um. But anyway, I I feel cautiously optimistic about the Red Sox this year. I don't think they're gonna be that terrible i think they're actually be good if eduardo rodriguez is on the team and there are enough bad teams in the al that they're gonna do something mm. 84 I'm wins they're gonna win 80 games i am at 79 sam where yeah, do you have the race Pringers has them at 87 i should just mention that so i'm not the only one who thinks this but I, I mean i just think you know and obviously sam's a red sox fan so he'd know a lot more about this but i i just feel like they they've lost so much of the of their recent talent. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck's got all the power in the world. They still have Devers. They still have Bogarts. But if Chris Sale's questionable to come back and Eduardo Rodriguez is questionable to come back, all the offseason acquisitions you made were for 
you know, B team players. There we were filling roster spots. We were filling we were filling roster spots. Except for the future MVP Frenchie Cordero. But other than Cordero's (laughs) other than him. Other than him, I just I think the Red Sox were really, you know, patching up patching up holes and we have we have the Padres power hitting outfield. We have Franchi Cordero, we have Hunter Renfro. All we need is the Fran Millionaire. Good luck getting him from Cleveland though. They like him over there. Let's yeah. let's let's transition to Cleveland because they're the last team that I have at five hundred. Everyone else I got below, but yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yeah, Cleveland I, is I, very. I still have them over five hundred. I've made eighty three. I've made eighty two. Okay. There's there's one guy. So you know how James Karinchak was sort of the man of the pod last year. Yeah, until and... Joe Ostella took him deep in the playoffs. All right, all right, all right. All right, we can wait on that. But <laughs> there's another guy on the Indians or. The Cleveland baseball team, I the spiders. Yeah. Yes, the spiders. Let's hope. Spiders. Who? What is this? Is, you know how I was talking about uh, Brooks Raley as being this guy who was the best at limiting exit velocity in baseball. Who well, is Cleveland yeah. Brooks Raley? The third best guy at limiting exit velocity in baseball, Phil Maton. Maton? I don't even know how to pronounce it's the Maton. name. Maton. Phil Maton yeah. was top. Was elite at basically everything but fastball velocity. His cutter is an unreal pitch. What it does is, like, Phil Maton's cutter is really incredible. He has great expected stats. His cutter has this has some of the best vertical movement of any cutter in baseball in, in general. And unlike, you know, James Karinczak, who maybe walks a few guys because he's got that real weird um, way that he pitches. Like, you know, it's like that over-the-top kind of thing uh, that ends up working, but it still is a little strange. It Phil works Maton for him until the walk around. Yeah. Okay. Phil Maton doesn't walk a lot of guys. And he strikes out a ton, and he had really bad left on base luck last year. So he probably is going to be uh, better than that this year. His ERA last year was four fifty seven. Can you guess what his FIP was? Two seven forty five. It was two point two two. Daniel's on his Fangraphs page, and a two seventy three Sierra, which I value pretty well. So I think so. He's going to be a really good pitcher this year. He's my pit pick for a legit breakout. Karen Chak technically wasn't my pick. It was Petrelio's pick. Robert Stevenson was my pick, and then he pitched about three uh to about three batters before his back gave out on him which is yeah, really unfortunate his body fell off <laughs> but phil Maton is my robert stevenson of 2021 but hopefully he's actually my james karen jack yeah they got they added two rosarios though ahmed and eddie and they lost francisco lindor which we did not talk about we talked about no, it we talked about it. on the podcast yeah and brad and brad hand and carl santana they they i think they Save for Jose Ramirez, they got rid of their four best players. Yeah, and well, Shane Bieber's on the team, but he's got COVID yeah, right now. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, but so Shane guess... Bieber is kind of like a obviously he's way better than Hyunjin Ryu, but it kind of is a Ryu situation where he's the only really full time trustworthy starter on the Indians. I trust Plesac and Savale over like the guys I don't that Plesac. the I don't just... are throwing out. There's three guys from last season that I am looking forward to not trusting: Lamette, Plesac. If and pitches. <laughs> it, who's the third one? Corbin Burns. Mm. Lamette is the one that I trust the most. Corbin Burns is the one I trust the least. I could not agree more with you. Yeah. I I, I, I know disagreements are a lot more fun, but I think you're absolutely right. I, I do not trust Corbin Burns one bit. They're, they're all very similar to now that I'm thinking about. They all throw 96 and they have um pretty good K per nines and low ERAs. But I think I trust Burns got, more than the other guys. Yeah. But we'll see. Lamette, Lamette, people were pegging him for a breakout. The issue is that, like, it was always his control. So, and Lamette has actually crazy K9 numbers. I don't know. 
Burns is interesting. Burns is the guy who like was suddenly a Cy Young candidate, and you're not quite sure how he got there. And so looking at the teams that we've got left, there's the Angels, there's the Mariners, there are the Dregs of the Central, and there are also the Baltimore Orioles. Um, we do have to put, cut this podcast a little short because Daniel has to run, but we will get to those teams, which if you are a fan of them, which I mean, I pray for you, but also uh, we will get to those teams next week when we have Daniel on again. Uh, they're, they're interesting teams. You know, I love Paul Fry still on the Orioles, So, but the Rangers, it took me a long time to find anyone that was worth talking about. And it's not, it does not bode well for them. But Daniel, any uh, closing thoughts? All I would say about the teams we haven't talked about yet to kind of foreshadow for next week, all I have to say is don't sleep too much on the Detroit Tigers pitching prospects. For those other three teams, going to be another rough ride. Yeah. And we should just, how about we just say like what our uh, five playoffs team teams are and what spots they're in. Sam? So I got number one, Yankees, uh, number two, Astros, number three, White Sox, and then the wildcard teams are Twins and Blue Jays. Daniel? So yeah, I had number one, Yankees, number two, White Sox, number three, Astros, number four, Toronto, Blue Jays, and number five, the Oakland A's. All right, and I got uh, Yankees in my first spot, A's in my second spot, which I know controversial, but White Sox in my third. And then for my wildcard teams, technically I got, I got two teams at 88, but Astros I have is my first wildcard. And then I would, I would have to say uh, the Blue Jays in my second wildcard over the Twins, who I have them both at 88 wins. So that would be a fun game 163. Maybe I should include that on there. I don't know. Technically yeah, 89 and 74. I did, I did, when I was doing some averages I, I in the consensus stuff, I had, you know, I had to put one team at 87 and 76 and one team at 86 and 77. Because of uh, Game 162? Nice. Game 163. They always have a Game 162. Except in 2020. All right. We will talk to you guys next week. We will have Daniel on again. We will talk about the rest of the AL teams. We will talk about the NL. We will give our picks for MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year as well. And hope you guys enjoy. We've got baseball soon enough anyway. <laughs>